Oakland can't afford to give away a penalty. There is the siren. Leonard Fowler loses it. And Oakland put it into touch. And Oakland win. Dramatic down at Eden Park. Oh, an elation there. What a finish. Right to the death. They looked like they were gone, Auckland. And aren't they happy? And Auckland come away with the win. Five tries to four, 36 to 29. Round six to the Bunnings MPC closes out today with the county's Monaco backing up off a win over Southland, taking on a slightly wounded Canterbury team who'll be wanting to bounce back after their loss to traditional rivals Auckland. Uh, as you just heard, the Battle of the Bays was a feature of the round where the Wellington Lions also continued their dominance over the competition to remain the only unbeaten team heading into round seven as such. Joining us now to detail the action out of the NPC, look at the Rugby World Cup as well, is Rugby News Editor Campbell Burns. Campbell, good morning to you. Very good morning to you, Ian. What have you made of the standard of the, this year's NPC uh, now that we're, what, getting close to halfway through? Yeah, look, um, for the most part, I've been uh, I've been pretty impressed with the standard. Um, it's a shame it's not played played in front of more people. Uh, we saw a very good game on Saturday night, Auckland-Canterbury. Um, you know, the traditional rival, rivals going head-to-head. Uh, Auckland winning that uh, 36-29, and there was probably only 1,000 people there, which was uh, pretty disappointing. But, um, look, it, it, as far as the rugby product itself goes, um, there's some really good talent there. There's some fringe all backs performing, and uh, yeah, I think overall the standard's pretty good. There haven't been too many blowouts as such, so uh, I think there's some good parity across the board. Okay, so we've heard from uh, an independent panel uh, that it's not sustainable in its uh, current form as such. Have you thought about how it will be sustainable or, or what it might look like going forward? Well, the first thing that has to happen is that the salary cap has to keep coming down. Uh, I think it's at about $1.1 million per team at the moment, um, and that obviously needs to, to come further down given the crowds. Um, I mean, it's very much a semi-professional comp at the moment, uh, but that, that certainly does need to come down well under $1 million. Uh, how that exactly looks, uh, whether that's next season, um, it obviously has to happen fairly smartly because uh, certainly not, not sustainable in its current format, but there has to be an NPC, those those uh, naysayers who say, yeah, we should do away with it. Uh, I mean, you know, where do they expect us to get our super rugby players from uh, and what just uh, players jump up from club rugby to test rugby? Uh, there has to be a provincial competition. Uh, it needs to, uh, but but certainly the way it's um, presented needs to change a bit, for sure. Uh, Campbell Wellington have looked good this year. Uh, you know, they were too strong for uh, Waikato in the weekend. They've got two, two Ranfurly Shield games uh, that I can see coming up against North Harbour and Hawke's Bay. And uh, on form, it looks like it's going to stay in Wellington. Yes, it does. I mean, um, you know, they're, they're on a 16-match win streak, the Lions. Uh, that must be close to a record. Um, and, and the manner in which they dissected Waikato in Hamilton last Friday night would suggest that... Uh, they are very much in good form. Uh, well coached by Timothy Allison, first-year head coach. Um, he puts an emphasis on defence, and um, that seems to work well for them. But he's getting a, he's getting a lot of pay from from a lot of fringe players there, and guys like Wing um, Lossie Filippo, who's got a hat trick, um, is going is going great guns. Um, you've got Duplessis Kariffi, who's leading the leading the way well. They've got uh, Billy Proctor, uh, one of the best centres in the competition, going well. So. Things are looking good for Wellington, and it certainly would not surprise for them to hold the hold the shield at the end of the season, and uh, for them to go deep into in, in the NPC playoffs next month. 
Who are their uh, biggest threats, do you feel? Is it the traditionals? Is it, is it Auckland having beaten Canterbury, as we've just heard? Or uh, is it perhaps Tasman, who uh, overcame uh, Taranaki last weekend pretty convincingly? Yeah, probably uh, probably those three teams um, in that order. So Auckland, Canterbury and Tasman would be uh, would be favourites there. So that's sort of one, two, three, four at the moment. Um, all those teams will make the quarters. Um, I guess Taranaki... Um, Probably, I think they're line fifth at the moment. They they'll be disappointed to drop that game to the Marco on uh, on Sunday. But uh, Taranaki having a much better season this year. But you would think uh, all things being equal, uh, Auckland. Um, and while we haven't heard a, uh, the medical report on Akira Yuani's leg, it looked or ankle. It didn't look good on uh, Saturday night. Uh, but Auckland looking pretty good. Roger Tuivasa-Sheck in good form. Some key men performing well for them. Zan Sullivan running the cutter at 10. Um, Auckland's very much a threat, and uh, I'd expect them to go to the semis uh, or, or further this year. Right, OK. Um, let's uh, look down uh, the bottom of the table as such. Uh, and uh, sides like um, Manawa too, who have, um, made, I think, made improvements this year, have had uh, a couple of wins. I mean, uh, they lost to North Harbour, still managed to score um, you know, 29 points as such. Manawatu, Southland, those types uh, sides this year, uh, and Northland to a, a large degree, making progress? Uh, yes, well, look, look for, for certain in the case of uh, Manawatu, uh, winless last season, but uh, and they, they won at Eden Park um, you know, only two weeks ago, which was huge for them. Uh, they'll be disappointed with that loss to North Harbour on the weekend, but the Turbos are looking looking better. Um, there is a bit of a logjam probably between sides ranked ninth to 13th. Uh, it's looking like Southland are right at the bottom, but uh, other than that, there's you know that all those sides will still have hopes of making the playoffs. So Waikato have had real injury worries, and um, I'm not sure quite what's happened there because they would have been one of the favourites pre-competition, but they're now sitting outside the eight. Uh, so you know that's a big game for them on Saturday against Auckland at, at Bell Park and Pakaranga. Um, if they lose that, they could well drop out of contention. But some of those other sides, uh, Northland have shown some glimpses, but they'll be. Disappointed to to have lost in Dunedin on the weekend, um, but the Tanifo again. They some of these sides are just lacking a bit of consistency. They seem to get up for one game and then struggle to get to get up for the next, and that 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 may be a depth a player depth issue. Uh, you know, uh, injuries biting hard and storm weeks as well. So uh, it can be a bit difficult for some of these other teams. But um, yeah, I mean, like the, the likes of Manawatu too uh, have certainly shown some progress in 2023. Who'd have thought Waikato playing Auckland at Bell Park in Pakaranga? Tell me a wee, a wee bit about Bell Park. I've never been there. Yeah, look, it's the home of the uh, Pakaranga Rugby Club. Um, it's a nice little boutique venue. I'd imagine it probably can hold uh, six or 7,000, um, and they wouldn't be expecting more than that. Uh, but they have... Uh, Auckland Rugby's gone big on this. They're calling it the Backyard Blitz. They've got, uh, they've got all sorts happening um, for the kids and... And uh, they've got garden bars organised, so they're actually making a big effort to take this to the community and, uh, and, and do things a bit differently to you to what they would do at Eden Park. Um, obviously, costs a bit less <laughs> to hold a game there, which is uh, which is very mm. attractive. So, yeah, I'll be watching this closely to see how many go along and what sort of atmosphere it engenders. But uh, there's been a fair bit of publicity about that, so you'd hope they'd get a reasonable crowd. So, just looking at the future of big stadiums for NPC. Right? The cost, the absolute cost. People telling me it's up to three or four hundred thousand dollars to rent some of these big venues. Uh, how can that be? And uh, and if they're laid empty, I mean, uh, where's what's going to happen to these venues uh, for, let's say, three hundred and forty days of the year? 
Yeah, well, that's right. That's uh, that's the big question. I know uh, Eden Park um, runs Eden Park very well, Eden Park Trust, but it is very expensive to um, to, to open the whole the whole stadium. Uh, Auckland tend to only open half of the stadium, so you don't need as many support staff and security, etc. Um, so they've tried to mitigate that, but it's still run at a loss uh, unless you're getting crowds of probably fifteen thousand plus, uh, which doesn't happen in the NPC. So. Um, certainly um, unions are now looking at, at boutique venues more and that's becoming more and more popular. Um, I don't know the costs of, uh, of holding games at some of these other venues, but it, it, is, a, it is certainly a concern. Um, and uh, I, know, I know some unions are trying to have a, have a foot in each camp and taking the odd community game you know, um, uh, outside the main venues, so Canterbury going to Rangiora, for instance. Um, but, you know, again, uh, I mean, Hawke's Bay don't play anywhere other than McLean Park, so Maybe the maybe the costs of playing there are, are down compared to others. Yeah, I, I can't imagine, um, to be perfectly honest, what they'd even do with McLean Park if Hawke's Bay weren't um, able to play there financially. I, I, I re- it would just become a, a huge, a huge white elephant um, because they have very little cricket there uh, and nothing else. So I, I, I just can't see it going anywhere else there. Otherwise, you might as well pull it down. But. Um, in terms of the, uh, the comp, I mean, it, it is, let's be fair, also a, a feeder through to Super Rugby. Um, do you see that pathway? I mean, have you, have you noticed um, any players of the few, who stood out for you this year? Uh, uh, is there a crop of players coming through you're confident would be good Super players? Oh, yeah, I mean, it, it really just depends on how many gaps there are on the roster for Super Rugby. Uh, you know, there, there was a time where um, everyone would wait uh, for the Super Rugby squads to be announced with bated breath because... Uh, you knew there were six or seven would come out of the NPC, but that figures more like two or three now. Um, so Super Rugby coaches would still keep a, a close eye on it um, to, to fill to fill holes, and there is some 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 top young talent coming through, but it's not quite what it was uh, in in the sense that there were more more roster spots available. So um, oh look, there's there's always plenty of uh, guys come through some. NZ20s players, I mean, um, and of course, funnily enough with Auckland, uh, their player of the match was the young halfback Kalani Thomas, uh, who's been playing for the Queensland Reds um, of late. I don't know whether he's still contracted uh, with them, but he's put his hand up. If a New Zealand um, super rugby side is short at, at number nine, then, then he could be an option there. Um, so there's always there's always talent, there's always good young players. It's a question of, is there, you know, is there a gap for them in super rugby? And... Uh, Often, if, if there's not, some of them shoot off to the USA or Japan or uh, or overseas. Mm. So, yeah, there's um, yeah, there's all sorts of permutations out of that. Uh, rugby news, of course, uh, is is known for uh, doing its background stories, which is fantastic. You're a story writer yourself, Gamble. There's a terrific story coming out of Southland Boys High this year. Yeah, well, that's right. Um, so Southland, although it, <laughs> the Stags are at the bottom of the NPC, their um, flagship school in first fifteen. Southland boys um, showing real resilience, um, winning I think four or five very close games in a row, and then um, and then getting through to the final of the top four. Uh, was it, what was that two weeks ago now? And um, and and winning that over Palmy boys, um, I think by a point. Um, so superb stuff from from Southland and the work that Peter Skelt and his crew, uh, Jason Dermody, do down there. Um, and yes, I will certainly be following that one up because um, you know that's a side that has to they have to win the Otago comp. Then they've got to win the South Island uh, title, and then they've got to get to the top four and beat some very good sides there. So, uh, you know, well done to the Southland boys. And if they can hold on to a lot of these um, these players, and that's the key, then um, Southland uh, could be in reasonable shape moving forward. 
On the uh, women's side of things, uh, saw a terrific game of rugby, actually the f- final of the Farah Palmer Cup, uh, and Auckland picking up a title first time in quite some time. Yeah, well, uh, Auckland beating Canterbury twice in a day um, was uh, was was interesting to see there. But no, I, I did uh, look at that game very closely and uh, superb display by by Auckland. Really, their their forwards just took it to Canterbury, who would have been favoured on their fortress there at uh, Rugby Park in Christchurch. So that was a that was an outstanding game of rugby uh, played under the sun. There looked to be a decent crowd there too. So again, this is a venue that. Um, and, and, and a Canterbury team and that sort of occasion, which does attract uh, a reasonable crowd. But the rugby was uh, was very good. And Auckland, uh, first win in eight years. Um, I was happy for, for Ella Blackwell, who uh, the Auckland skipper there. That was just um, huge for her. She's had the disappointment of missing out on the Black Ferns in the last year or two. But to win that uh, with the Auckland Storm, she was uh, she was over the moon and, and well-deserved. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, uh, of course, uh, Ruby Tui back into uh, the Black Ferns as well. What did you make of that squad? Yeah, that's a good squad. Um, there was a couple of interesting uh, omissions there. Um, I think Pip Love, uh, the Lucid prop, uh, who probably didn't have her best game in the FPC final. She's she's missed out. Um, and uh, uh, the lock, uh, Joanna Nungwu from Wellington, uh, of course, who made that famous line-out steal, uh, has missed out. Um, so that was uh, that was interesting. So there, it just goes to show there have been a couple of um, players sort of um, m- make moves um, either way uh, with Ellen Bunting's... Um, um, squad there, so that's uh, yeah. I mean, the Black Ferns. I've got, I've got four big tests ahead of them, um, and I just wonder. You know, you, you're hoping that that the uh, the work they've done in the FPC will count, um, and they'll be able to, to lift their game, particularly at, at in, the, in in the malls and the set piece against some of those um, big sides from England and France. Right. I've, obviously, uh, we can't uh, not talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you and not have uh, some comment on the All Blacks. Uh, Campbell, uh, disappointing last week. I think um, overwhelming, overwhelming feeling of disappointment in this country over a relatively lacklustre performance. So, how do you plan now going forward to uh, the game, the obvious game now, which is October fourteenth against South Africa or Ireland, more than likely? Well, they, they certainly need a confidence booster against Namibia, uh, which will be hopefully a, a large bonus point victory because they've played poorly three games in a row now, and they've lost two of those. Uh, and uh, now there's question marks over the scrum. Uh, Ethan de Groot was under real heat against France. Um, so, uh, yeah, they've got to sort out the scrum. Jason Ryan will be working overtime on that. They've got to sort their kicking. Um, I can only presume Bowden Barrett was operating under instruction, but he just kicked aimlessly, and uh, particularly in that second half. And, and I think the interesting point was that France probably didn't play their best game either. Uh, they also kicked away a lot of ball, but uh, they didn't have to play that well to beat an all-black side that uh, really defied no shots in the second half. So uh, the first thing is uh, they have to get through Namibia. Then they've got two weeks off, so they'll get guys coming back um, and hopefully full strength by the time they, they play Italy and, and uh, Uruguay. Um, so that'll be you know the Sam Kane, uh, Tyrell Lomax, Shannon Frizzell. So you're looking at three um, good clinical performances, three wins, and that will lead into the quarterfinal. And, um, you know, but we certainly don't want any more injuries, uh, that's for sure, because uh, it hasn't, but after such a promising start to the year, the All Blacks have now faltered, and uh, there are major question marks now. There are certainly major question marks, but uh, there's never any question mark over the quality of uh, the rugby news. And uh, thank you so much, Campbell, for uh, your input this morning, uh, looking at uh, all forms of the game, actually. Uh, And we'll catch up again shortly. Thanks for your time. Cheers, man. Well, do it. Thanks, Mike. Cheers.